0: Be seated. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to have the Kendrick sing some, and then we'll have evangelist Brian McBride come. Brian's been coming for years to this meeting. We love his preaching. He always helps us. He's a real blessing from Bean Blossom, Indiana. Okay. So Kendrick sing, and then we'll have brother Brian come to the pulpit. Thank you.
1: sacrifice you made now glory praise and honor to the one who set me free lord accept this blessing now from me i just like to say
2: The useless says pieces of clay.
3: Amen. I'm going to tell you, every song tonight has spoken to my heart. And then the message. I'm telling you, that was wonderful, brother. Thank you. That helped me. The devil doesn't mind if I limp into church. He doesn't mind if I come sitting, but don't get in the battle. He doesn't mind that at all. And I'm telling you, that was... uh, That was helpful. Everything that's happened tonight's helped my soul, and I'm glad to be here and be part of the service. And I want to thank you for allowing me to come, be here. uh, We've been trying to finish up in Genesis 49. We actually started last year, and we will look at one more here tonight, just hopefully just a part of it, but we'll have to start in Genesis 37. I appreciate the Lord moving and moving on my heart and moving in the service. And uh, I sat over there in the chair and wondered about what I should do. Um, but I'm going to preach for just a few minutes. In Genesis 37, we are told about Joseph. We'll find him over in chapter 49, the Lord willing, in a moment or two. But in Genesis 39, the Bible said in verse, or excuse me, verse 30, chapter 37, verse 2, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And look a little further down the chapter. and <clears throat> Let's read a moment in verse number 18. The speaking of Joseph's brothers. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him, cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. I want to deal with a a word tonight that keeps coming up in the life of Joseph. Joseph. It's a word that's very familiar to us. It's a word in common language. We use it all the time. Our brother talked about the thumb and the the great toe. I want to talk to you a little bit about the hand here in Joseph's life. Did you notice in verse 21 we had hands? In verse 22 we had hand and hands. In verse 27 we had hand. And if you study the life of Joseph, this word hand or hands will keep coming up. And what it'll look like in the life of Joseph is that somebody always has their hands on him. Somebody is always handling him. Somebody's always using him. Somebody's always uh, uh, directing him. Somebody's uh, always got their hands on Joseph. Joseph. And we use this word hands, uh, we use it in a lot of phraseology today, we use it, uh, we might say this, I like for things to be organized, I don't know if you like that, but I like things to have a, a little bit of a plan, and so sometime I'll get in a service, and it seems like nobody knows what's supposed to happen next, and it seems unorganized, and it'll go through my mind, I'll say to myself, who's handling this anyway? And then sometimes I hear this phrase, somebody will be in a certain situation, and they've done all they can do, and they'll make this statement, it's out of my hands now. Then somebody will say this, when they don't want you to meddle in their business, they'll they'll say, keep your hands out of it. And then sometimes somebody will do this. If there's somebody that does not like to delegate and all they do is micromanage, uh, we'll call them a hands-on type of person. We use this phraseology. And I'm thinking about the hands in the life of Joseph, and I just want to trace them through just for a moment. I'm going to try not to be very long. One, one thing our brother did, and not only was the preaching great, but he's the only preacher this week that quit before 8 o'clock, the first preacher. That was a good job. Amen. Not that I was paying attention. <clears throat> One day I said to my wife, I said, honey, I didn't preach too long, did I? She said, 33 minutes and 22 seconds, not that I was keeping track. <laughs> but I want you to think about these hands, and we're going to work our way to Genesis chapter uh, 49 here in a moment. There's a, first of all, I want you to see the set of hands that I call sinister hands. There are sinister hands in the life of Joseph. There are people who want to get their hands on him and try and harm him. And I would say to you in your Christian life, there are some sinister hands around you. There's some folks who'd like to mess you up. There's some folks who'd like to uh, destroy your testimony. There's some folks who who are upset about you living for God and serving God. They're upset about it. Your holy life brings them under conviction and they would like to stop us from serving God. There are three kind of hands here that are sinister. There are the persecuting hands of Joseph's brethren. They want to persecute him. They want to make life hard on him. Somebody said, preacher, I don't understand. There's some folks that don't like me. They don't like you. It's not because of your personality. It's not because of necessarily uh, something about you, uh, your actions or activity more than this, but it's actually just the fact that you love Jesus and you want to serve him, and they don't love Jesus, and a holy life gets them, under conviction. And so they're upset about that. Not only are there persecuting hands, but I'm going to hurry on these. Look in chapter 39. Here's another set of hands. The Bible said in chapter 39 and verse 1, Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer, of Pharaoh's captain of the guard, an Egyptian. Now watch this. Bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. These are what I call profiting hands. There are not only those who'd like to persecute the people of God, but there are those who'd like to profit. Off the people of God. They'd like to have your tithe. They'd like to have your offering. Uh, they're not gonna help your family. They're not gonna pray for you. They're not gonna, they're not like the man of God who come and help you when you're sick, who come and visit you when you're worried about your family. All they want is your money. And they're gonna get on there on the television. My preacher used to call them the Joy Boys. They'll get on television and tell you how you're supposed to prosper. And if you'll just send them an offering, there are folks who are who want to make merchandise of the gospel there are those who are after filthy lucre they don't care one thing about your soul they're interested in your wallet so be careful about that you say, preacher well how can i make sure i'm I'm not given to somebody that it shouldn't be given to give through your local church Amen. Tithe and give you offerings through the local church because that's what God said. He said on the first day of the week, let every man lay in store, if God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. That's what Paul said. He's talking about being at the house of God on the first day of the week. You know what you ought to do on Sunday? Bring your tithe and your offering down to the house of God. I do believe in storehouse tithing. Amen. And you say, well, preacher, what if I give to the church and they don't use it right? That's not your responsibility. You did what God told you. You to do and the rest is up to God but if you go send it off through the mail to somebody you already out of the will of God are you listening now give through your local church I'm hurrying then there are perverting hands watch what the Bible said down here in verse number seven and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said lie with me but he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass as he spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Now, did you notice that? It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. Every day of Joseph's life as he tried to do what he's supposed to do, this wicked woman was trying to pervert him. Day after day after day, every time he'd go in the house, she would make a lewd suggestion. She would talk about immorality day after day after day. And I'm going to tell you, there are those who'd like to wear us down and pervert us. And day after day, they will offer us uh, ungodly things and wicked things. Uh, You'll see it on the television. You'll see it on billboards down where you work. They'll talk filthy and talk dirty and what they're trying to do it's pervert us they're trying to steal our testimony destroy our godly testimony so you better be careful hey young people there's somebody out there would like to ruin you somebody out there would like to destroy you somebody out there would like to get you away from God somebody out there would like to soil you somebody out there would like you to lose your testimony so you better be careful about who you run with but here is Joseph he didn't have any choice Day by day, day by day, day by day. Now watch what happens. The Bible said, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do the business and there was none of the men of the house there within and she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Now if he left his garment in her hand, she must have had her hands on him. Hey sir, be careful about that. Ma'am, be careful about that. Be careful about how you act around somebody else's wife, around somebody else's husband. You say, Preacher, you don't need to preach out of the church. Are you kidding me? In the church, I see immorality. Men running off with other men's wives, women running off with other women's husbands. What is it? We're not being careful. We're not walking circumspectly. We'd better be careful. We better keep our mind pure. We better guard our eyes. We better guard our tongue. We better be careful. There are those who'd like to pervert us. So you have these, I call them sinister hands. But then I want you to see another set of hands. Because also in this story we have not only sinister hands, but we have serving hands. These are the hands of Joseph. What did Joseph do in the midst of all of this? He kept on serving. Where did he serve? He served in Potiphar's house. He served in the prison house. I'll show you in a minute. He served in Pharaoh's house. He just kept serving. You know what he did? He kept his hands busy for God in the midst of all of this turmoil, in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of all that was against him. He just kept on serving God. Now, he wasn't serving just for serving's sake. If you study the life of Joseph, here's what you'll find. You'll find that though the Bible has a great deal to say about his hands, it also has a great deal or or reveals a great deal to us about his eyes. So preacher, what do you mean? Well, do you remember what Joseph said when that woman said, lie with me? Do you remember his answer? He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Where is Joseph looking Who's on his mind? He's not looking at her. He's looking at the Lord. He's got his eyes fixed upon God. And when he gets his eyes fixed upon God, it changes what he does with his hands. I know we need to preach against things. I do that. You do that. I know that. But here's what we better do. We better preach about how good God is. We better preach about how wonderful Jesus is. You know what'll happen if we get our eyes on Him? It'll change the way we, it'll change the way we live. It'll change what we do. It'll change our life if we fall in love with Jesus again. Amen. If we like those young people were singing, man, I thought a moment ago, I thought we ought, ought to just get up and start telling everybody what we're thankful for. God has been so good to us, and Joseph seems to have God on his mind. He'll use it when this woman bothers him, and then in in Potiphar's house, and then down in the prison house he'll go in one day and the butler and the baker are there and they're sad and you talk about funny things in the Bible he walked into the prison house and they look sad he said why look you so sadly today and I want to say because we're all in prison but here's what they said. They said, we've had a dream and there's nobody to interpret. And what did Joseph say? He said, do not interpretations belong unto God? Tell me the dream thereof. He said, I, I know somebody can do something about that. God can't. Where's his eyes? His eyes are still upon the God of heaven. And then when, that, when Pharaoh brings him up into Pharaoh's household, brings him up and he said, I have heard of thee that thou canst interpret dreams. What is Joseph's answer? He doesn't say, well, I got a pretty good record so far. Here's what he said. He said, it's not in me, O king. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Then when Pharaoh gives him a wife and he has sons, uh, he names those boys and he said, For God hath made me to forget my labor and my toil, and God hath made me fruitful in the land of my captivity. And then when his brothers show up and he has them under his thumb, he can do with them whatever he wants to do. But here's what he said. He said, You meant it for evil, but God meant it unto good. And then he's on his deathbed over in uh, in. Genesis chapter 50, he's getting ready to die. He doesn't say, oh no, I'm dying. He said, I die. But God shall surely visit you and bring you into that land. I get the idea that Joseph has his eyes and attention fixed on the God of glory. And when you get your eyes and attention fixed on the God of glory, it'll change how you talk. It'll change how you walk. It'll change how you use your hands. It'll change how you dress. It'll change how you live when you get your eyes set on the God of glory glory. I don't have time to go into all this, but I want to show you a verse here because some of you are facing things every single day of your life. You go to work. There's somebody at work. They're just on you all the time. There's somebody there after you. They're trying to mess you up. They're they're mocking you because you're a Christian, all this. And, And every day, it's every day. Some of you in your family, it's like that. Some of you, some of you, there's, there's just somebody in your life that every day is like those sinister hands persecuted. I want to show you another verse about hands in the life of Joseph. Pharaoh brings him up, and, the, and Pharaoh has a dream, and Joseph interprets the dream. And when he interprets the dream about the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine, and he says to Pharaoh, you better get somebody and put them over this, and you better gather up all you can during that seven years of plenty. And so Pharaoh looks at Joseph, and he says, he said, can we find a man as discreet and wise as thou art? This is chapter 41 and verse 39. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all.'" my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Now watch this, verse 44. Here's this boy that's been ever under everybody's hand. Here's this boy. They've been handling him. They've been pur- persecuting him. They've been trying to destroy him, but look what happens. Here's what the Bible said. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. I look at that verse and I say, Joseph, you stayed faithful to God while they were handling you, while they're trying to destroy you, while they're trying to ruin you. You stayed faithful to God and now you know where you've come? All those hands that were against you, all those hands that were persecuting you, they can't lift a hand lest they get your Uh, your permission. Can I remind you of something, Christian? That's exactly where we're headed. We're going to rule and reign with him one day. That's where we're headed. I tell you, keep your head up. Keep your head up. Serve God. Uh, Put up with it. You say, well, preacher, there's this one and there's that one. Hey, just remember one day, we're going to judge angels. We're going to rule and reign with him. We're heirs and join heirs with Jesus. Just stay by the stuff. Just be faithful. Don't live for today. Live for that day yonder when we see Him. don't have a temporal view. Have an eternal view. Don't live for this world. Live for the next world. We're headed for a wonderful place. Amen. I bet when Pharaoh looked at Joseph and said, nobody can lift their hand unless they ask you. I bet he thought, I'm glad I stayed faithful. I'm glad I stayed pure. I'm glad I kept my eyes on heaven. I'm glad I looked at the Lord. I'm glad I didn't give in. I'm glad I didn't falter. I'm glad I stayed faithful. Keep your eyes on heaven now. One more set of hands. I want you to go to chapter 49. All this has gone by in Joseph's life, and now Jacob, his father, is dying. The family has been reunited. Jacob has called all of his boys in. He's going, by, going through them, telling them things that have happened, things that will happen. I can't deal with everything it said about Joseph, but I want us to notice the hands that Jacob brings up. Would you look at it? In Genesis 49 and verse number 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength. Now watch this. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Do you know what? Do you see what Joseph just said to Jacob. Jacob said to Joseph, boy, it looked like he's in your brother's hands. Joseph, I know down in Potiphar's house, it looked like he's in that wicked woman's hands. Joseph, I know when they carried you off in irons out through the desert, it looked like he's in the hands of the Israelites. But I want to remind you something, Joseph, from start to finish. You were in the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Hey, Christian, when it gets too hard, when it gets too difficult, when it gets too long, when it looks too far, when the hands seem all against you, remember that. Hallelujah, there's a set of hands. God has you in his hand. Hey, what kind of hand does God have? Well, can I say this? God has mighty hands. He called it the mighty hand of the God of Jacob. God's hands were stronger than Joseph's brother's hands. Uh, they were more mighty than the hands of the israelites they were stronger than the hands of that wicked woman i'm glad we're in the mighty hand of god i'm glad to have a good hand of god on me tonight uh, let's rejoice in the hand of god we're in his hand tonight they're not only mighty hands they are can i call them maneuvering hands You say, well, preacher, if Joseph was in God's hands, does that mean that God God was behind everything that happened to Joseph? No. Here's what it means. It means God was above everything that happened to Joseph. God does not make men do wickedness. God does not call, where'd wickedness come from? It's the result of the fall. When God got done building this world, creating this world, he said it's good. But man sinned and messed it up. And that's why there's sin in the world. That's why there's wickedness and ungodliness. But that has not robbed God of his sovereign authority. And I'll tell you what God will do. He'll even use the wickedness of men against them to bring about his glory. He said he'd make the wrath of man to praise him. And I'll tell you, God's bigger than anything I face and anything that you face and God is maneuvering and working his will around. These are mighty hands and maneuvering hands but most of all and best of all, these are marked hands. What do you mean marked hands? You remember the Bible said Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now it'd be one thing to think of the mighty hands of God and I could not rejoice if I thought they were against me. It'd be another thing to look at the maneuvering hands of God and think to myself, he's trying to ruin me. He's trying to work things around because he's against me. But I have to remember his hands are marked. What are they marked with? Nail prints. Calvary's hands. You see, these are the hands that love me. These are the hands she was singing about a few minutes ago. These are the hands that hung on the cross of Calvary. Those are the hands that I'm in. Those marked hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those bloody hands. Those hands where the nails were. He stretched out and died on the cross of Calvary. And he didn't do it because he deserved it. And he didn't do it because I deserved it. But he did it because he absolutely loved me. And he loved you and he died for us. So that mighty God and that maneuvering God is the God who loves me and cares for me. And died on the cross for me. And he's working out my, out the, my life for my goodness. And for his glory But I really, have that out of, I really have that out of order Because really he's working it out for his glory And for my good Because his glory is always more important than my good But the truth of the matter is Everything that's for his glory Works out for my good If it's for his glory It's good for me So I'm thankful for those martans I need, to, I need somebody to help me Jay come up here and help me will you Listen to what he said again. He said, come right up here, son. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Here's the picture. Here we got a little fella. He's got him a bow and an arrow. He don't know what to do with it. He don't know how to shoot it. He don't know how to hit the mark. But he's got a bow in this hand, and he's got an arrow in this hand. Hold it up there, son. Help me now. So here he is, he's needing to learn how to shoot. So he's got the bow and his daddy's behind him. And his daddy's got his hand here and his hand here. And the two of them take the arrow and put it in the bow. And the two of them pull it back together. And the two of them aim it. And the two of them let it loose. And when it hits the mark, this little fella says, man, I hit the mark, I hit the mark. But it wasn't him hitting the mark. It was at hands of that father. I'm going to tell you, friend, when I don't know what to do and I don't know how to do it, I have the mighty hands, the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. He's telling me where to aim. He's letting me know how to shoot. He's helping me load the arrow in the bow. He's he's letting it loose. When I don't know what to do, I can trust him. And then even when I think I did know what to do and hit the mark, it wasn't me hitting the mark. It was him hitting the mark. It was those mighty hands, those mighty hands of Jacob, the mighty hands of God. I'm glad to be in the hand of God tonight. I'm glad that though there are other hands against me, there are a set of sovereign hands that are for me. They are the hands of God. And I need to keep my eyes set on heaven and rejoice in the good hand of my God that is upon me. Thank you. Jay, I want you to stand a moment. I want you to stand. You're in the hand of God tonight. God will help you. You say, preacher, I'm being worn down by hands against me. Then get your eyes set on heaven. Trust him. Don't look at the enemy. Look at the ally. Don't look at the situation. Look at the Savior. Don't throw up your hands and say, I quit. Look at the hand of God at work in your life. There's no telling what God's going to do with what you're going through. Won't you trust him tonight? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our brother's coming, our sister. I debated on whether to preach tonight. I felt like... We had a boatload of preaching in that few minutes in the first service, but maybe somebody tonight, you're under the pressure. You're just under pressure. You say, Preacher, I'm under pressure. I'm telling you, Preacher, it just seems like day by day by day they're handling me. Won't you get your eyes on heaven tonight? Won't you look into heaven and see Jesus tonight? Won't you just say, Lord, I want to thank you for your guiding hand and your protecting hand. And your loving hand. I just want to thank you for your hands. And Lord, you handle me. You guide me. You direct me. You help me. Thank you, Lord, for those hands. Maybe you just want to come thank you tonight. God dealt with you in the first message. God deal with you now. You just come take advantage of the work of the Holy Ghost in your heart. And while they sing, whoever's going to sing, maybe our sister's going to sing, you disobey the Lord. You say, Preacher, I, I don't see how this thing's going to work out. It's out of my hands. Then let him handle it. Trust his hands. Pray and ask for his help. Tell him, Say, Lord, I need your hands. I need you to move. See if he won't move and help you. Just trust him tonight. While our sister sings, you come.
0: said, what is man that thou art mindful of me? you ever feel that way? Why me? Why God? Why did you save me? Why did you change my life? Good God. Amen. Let's focus on that as we leave tonight about how good a God we have and seem like the Lord put a theme together tonight. Um, to me, thumbs, ability, toes, walk, hands, service unto God. Amen. Let's use these and our entire body for the glory of God. Let's close in prayer tonight, and we'll be done. And Father, we thank you for what we heard tonight. Thank you for you putting this together. and uh, These two messages, these two preachers, even these songs that were sung tonight, they touched our heart, they spoke to us, and we thank you, Lord. Help us as we go home, as we pillow our head tonight. We pray that we give you glory and serve you and lord bless uh, the coming service tomorrow night we ask for your hand to be upon that already we pray for people that we've invited and begged to come and have witnessed to and we just pray god that uh, they would finally get under the tent hear the preaching of your word and be saved help the saints i pray lord and bless our fellowship and the food to follow in jesus name amen Amen. As you leave tonight, please be careful. There's little ones around it as you take your automobile out. There is food court tonight, and I guess we're having some scrumptious, wonderful, fantastic, marvelous chicken. Amen. And there is a, uh, a gift for the kids, little kids, as you come. Thank, uh, thank Brother Summers for the message and for coming, and his dear wife, and thank Brother Brian for his message. You're dismissed. Good night. God bless you.